Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. I am so excited to have you join us again this week. And this week, we're doing things a little bit different. And this is what we're doing. For the first time ever in the history of this show, I mean, it's a pretty young show, but still, the history of this show, we're having a male guest. Yep, we're mixing things up, y'all. Our first ever male guest on the show, and I'm so excited to introduce you to my new friend, Alex. Now, before I tell you a little bit about Alex, I have to tell you how I met Alex. He is actually the brother of one of our previous podcast guests, Dr. Adrian Udeem, who recently connected us. And after chatting with him, I just knew I needed to introduce him to you all as well. Now, a little bit about Alex. Alex describes himself as your average guy going about his life. But shortly before his 40th birthday in the height of the pandemic, he was laid off from a job he loved and broke up with his girlfriend after over five years invested in both and finally decided to take control of his life. In the year and a half since, he's refocused on himself, his health, and his mindset, losing 120 pounds along the way and finding a version of himself that he loves and for a long time thought was lost. I think you guys are going to really, really enjoy this wonderful conversation that I have with my new friend, Alex. And in a moment, I'm going to introduce you to him. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way. Mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now let's get climbing. Alex, welcome to the show. Hi, Kaya. Hi, everybody. I am so excited to have you. Listen, no pressure, but you're the first guy on this show. How does that feel? Um, it feels like a little bit of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Listen, Alex, I am, I am so excited to have you join us. And I know that I gave our listeners a little bit of an insight into a, a very broad overview of who you are and what we're going to kind of dive into today. But I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Who is Alex Udeem? Yeah, yeah. First of all, thank you, and thank you for uh, for for having me and allowing me to be along the ride for uh, for a first with you here. That's really exciting and really cool. Yeah, I, you know, I it's funny. I I had a, a hard time with the bio, um, as I think we we kind of do. But I, I really kind of just think of myself as as an everyday guy. I don't think that there's in, in no negative way I don't think there's anything about me that like stands out that I'm doing this that's extra special or that's that's extra special you know I I wake up put my pants on you know one leg at a time sometimes try to jump in both legs I don't know that works every now and then and you know (laughs) like everybody I'm I'm working from home I work in tech I uh, work in managing a partnerships team for a for for an HR tech company and you know just a little while ago the the thing that kind of has has really been really big in my world and, and has introduced me to so many people recently, yourself included, has been this weight loss journey I've been on. And that's maybe the thing that kind of stands out. Um, and, and, and like you said, I just kind of woke up one day, you know, went through a couple of experiences and said, hey, maybe it's time to rethink how you're going about things. And, and you know, it's just been a wild ride ever since. Yeah. You know, it's funny hearing you say, you know, I'm just, I'm just a normal guy. And I think, I think something that it's easy for us to forget, I mean, yes, there are some extraordinarily uniquely talented people out there in the world, but I think most of us and most of the people that we look up to or follow on the internet or, you know, whatever, I think most people are just normal people that, you know, maybe have been really successful or were in the right place at the right time. And it's it's interesting you say that because I've done some discovery calls this week in my community and these women will hop on Zoom with me. They're like, oh my gosh, you're like a real person. And I'm like, Yes, a hundred percent. I am a real, normal, flawed human individual, just like everyone else. And while I feel like in myself, I don't feel like I'm extraordinary. I think that it, what people connect with is the fact that you are just a normal human. And I hope that people can see that in me too. You know, and what I hope that they both see, or I hope what they see in both of our stories, is amazing things happen 
when we start believing in ourselves. And there's nothing special about you or I that allowed us to, to make this progress in our health journeys, except really shifting some mindset and some habits. And I'm excited to dig into that with you today. Now, I want to back up a little bit. You know, you have been on, you know, this past year and a half, this incredible health journey story. And you've been showing up on social media and sharing that along the way, which has been so, so cool. But I want to I wanna backtrack and ask you, tell me about your relationship with yourself and your body and your health throughout your life. Has it always been something that you've struggled with? Yeah, definitely. So I, as long as I can remember, I've been, you know, I've been the big kid, right? Definitely, you know, like first, second grade, I was, I, was, I was already, you know, bigger than everybody else, both just like in my weight and my height. You know, I, I remember I was 10 years old and, you know, four inches taller than everybody in my class, right? And thought I was maybe seven feet tall one day. So I was always just like the biggest, you know, the biggest guy in the room growing up. Um, and that actually, that didn't really bother me as a kid. It wasn't something that I really noticed as a kid, but definitely like growing up and more into my adulthood. Definitely, like that's when you, I think most of us kind of start to get our idea of like an image, you know, maybe like adolescence, like, you know, 13, 14, right? And then really when, for me, you know, coming up to high school and college, and uh, that was kind of the, when I really started growing, right? And I think, I think that that is where like my relationship with food, like when I noticed, okay, yeah, I, I don't, not at the time, but in retrospect, I noticed, yeah, I don't make the right choices. Like right now, I really struggle with food still, even on this journey. Like I, I, you know, I try to meal plan, but if I do the cooking, then I'm going to sneak some stuff in, right? Um, or if I'm at a friend's house or we go out, then, you know, I need to rip the side of the menu that has all the things I can't eat on it off because I'm going to make that decision and, and it's that's counteractive to my goal, right? So, you know, I think that to, to get back to the, the question kind of growing up, I've always been a big guy. I've always kind of noticed that. And at some point that created a bit of like a self-conscious thing for me, not like completely judgmental. I, I didn't grow up really like hating myself, but I always kind of felt the other, right? I always felt like, um, like I was kind of outside the lines after a certain age, after about, you know, by the time I hit like I'm a teenager, definitely as an adult, you know, we, we talked previously and I told you I, every time I dream, whenever I think of myself, I always have this image of someone else in my head that I never really matched. And so I've, I've, I've felt that for a really long time. Um, and that's been in my relationship with food. It's been acted out in my relationship with food in a, in a very real way too. And it's something I, I've never really like hardcore judged myself on it, but I definitely have noticed it. And it's definitely been a real struggle in my life to, to overcome. Yeah, absolutely. There is a member inside of my climate membership community who just posted in our Facebook group the other day and she said, it finally happened. My son is in fifth grade and I've been so nervous about him going into middle school because he's a bigger kid. He's taller than all the kids in his class. You know, he wears a, a way bigger size shoe. He's just, he's built bigger. And he got off the school bus this last week and she said she could see on his face that something bad had happened. And he walked off the school bus and he's like, mom, why did they have to be so mean? Like the people on the school bus were asking me why I'm so fat and they're so skinny and why I'm so much bigger than them. And I think it's interesting to think about, you know, at what point in our life for those of us, like you and I both, I think have kind of struggled since we were young in our adolescence. And it's interesting to think about, you know, where where in time does that sense of self shift? Or do you think that that those feelings that we do have about our bodies, is it something that we get from other people making comments about it or just from being aware of the fact that, okay, I do actually look a little bit different than the other people? Like you said, feeling like the other. Yeah, I think it's from a few places. So you know, when I was a kid, I distinctly remember when I was when I was growing up liking that I looked different. And mm -hmm. not just from a weight perspective, you know, I liked that that I was just different. I liked that I didn't, you know, fit a mold, right? And that was something like I took pride in being unique, right? In any in any situation, you know, I even like being taller than people. I remember this one time in fourth grade, you know, like in elementary schools out here, we, everybody has the, the sink in the back of the class where you clean your hands for arts and crafts. Mm -hmm. And I remember 
we were in fourth grade and we were, you know, cleaning up after doing like Christmas gingerbread houses or something like that. Right. And I was, you know, my hands are in the sink and all these kids came under my arms to wash their hands in the sink. And I was thinking like, oh, wow, I'm like, I'm going to be a basketball player one day. Like, that's cool. you know. <laughs> um, so like, I think like it wasn't, it, it wasn't so much like growing up being different bothered me, but at some point, you know, whether it's because you're looking around and, and weight is such an issue or whether it's because you get those like hopefully helpful comments like, oh, you should lose weight, right? Or you should start thinking about this, right? Or eventually, you, yeah, you hit that point in school and kids can be mean and they point you out specifically. And then as you get older, you see how much more you're surrounded by it, right? So like, I don't want to say the media, but the media is telling you something's wrong with you, right? Or like, I love fashion. I love fashion. I, I really, you know, like getting dressed up, suit, tie, cufflinks, that whole thing, right? But no designer wants, you know, I got up to almost 400 pounds and no designer wants to see 400 pound Alex wearing their suit, right? Like they cringe at the idea that some guy who looked the way I looked would be out and be like, yeah, this is so-and-so, right? Like, nope, that's cool. Mm -hmm. You go somewhere else. This is not for you. And like, you notice it that way, right? So I think there's all these like things just kind of built into everything surrounding us yeah. that you just see it and you feel it. Yeah, totally. Gosh, I feel that, you know, well, I have no problem talking about the media or like diet culture, right? It's kind of the culture and society that we're raised in, whether it is directly, like you mentioned, us feeling like our bodies are a problem. Like I feel like we are we are conditioned to see our bodies as a problem. And around every corner, someone's selling us a solution, right? Drop the pounds, shed the inches, lose the flab, soften the edges, like whatever that looks like. And yeah, to your point, if they're not telling you directly, they're excluding you when you walk into a store. Because most brands, and I, I do believe that this is shifting, but a lot of brands stop at a certain size and there just aren't options for people that exist in larger bodies in so many places. And gosh, I felt that growing up, you know, kind of in line with this, Alex, we talked about this the other day and I'd love to dig into it here with you. Most of the people in my community, most of the listeners on this show are women. And, you know, we talk a lot about body shaming and how women, we have these like unrealistic standards of beauty and um, how diet culture shames us and creates this idea that to be beautiful means to be in a thin body and look a certain way. And people make comments about our body and there's so much judgment and shame and all the stuff that wraps up into it. And I, my question is for you as a man, tell me how prevalent body shaming is as a man, how yeah. is it similar? How is it different? What is your experience of that been? Yeah, we, I think we definitely get it and we definitely feel it, but it comes at least in my experience in a very different way. So I think, I think women feel it more directly and get it a lot sharper, right? Mm -hmm. They get very direct comments about their image, their looks, right? Sex appeal, fitting this mold that, you know, Vogue says you need to fit, right? I think that, you know, the way I've experienced it, it's a lot more subtle and it's not a lot more nuanced, right? And it's not even really thought of as shaming. So like the number of people who call me big guy, right? Yeah. Um, or big man. My name's not big man. My name is Alex and I like to be addressed as Alex, right? Yeah. And it's not like, I don't have a problem with like a nickname, but like when you're exclusively big guy, come on, you know, or like, you know, I think, you know, I remember when I was high school, one of our coaches came up to me and it's like, you have to wrestle. Why do I have to wrestle? I have to wrestle because I'm a hundred pounds more than everybody else. I don't want to wrestle. And by the way, the same thing you're pointing out is why I have to wrestle is why I don't want to wear spandex tights, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to put this thing that you're noticing me for on display that everyone's telling me at this point is wrong. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's not like this. It's not, it doesn't come, at least in my experience, it hasn't come negatively. It's been this kind of like subtle, like, well, I'm not really saying anything wrong. Right. And you feel it in this way of, I can't say anything about it and I can't do anything about it because if I say something about it, if I say, Hey, don't call me big man, then I'm just being soft. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I'm not just big man, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm soft. I'm, I'm not a tough guy. 
Yeah, right? you're the sensitive big man now. Yeah, yeah, you know, I get hurt about it. Why? Why does he have to be so? Yeah, why does he have to be so sensitive? Wham, wham, right? Like, so it comes in that way, and that's the way I think many of us identify with it or feel it. It's not that like you feel the the comment on your weight or your appearance, but it takes this whole other thing of, well, if you don't just swallow it, if you don't just swallow your emotions and not show your emotions, then you're not a tough guy. And so there's like this other dynamic of, sure, I'd like to lose the weight. I'd like to match that picture in my head, but I also need to now live up to this impression that I'm the tough guy. And by the way, when you're bigger than everybody else and taller than everyone else, you better be tougher than everybody else too, right? Because your size is a sign of your toughness. And that's the only good thing that your size has going for it is that you're a tough guy and you can show it because you're a hundred pounds heavier than everyone else. Right. So it's, it's this different, it's a very different dynamic. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting to think about because I feel like it's this, this extra weight you have to carry this extra identity that you have to carry and just swallow because it's like, okay, well, you know, it's interesting to think about how men in general, I feel like are conditioned to, to be raised, to think like you're a man, you have to be tough. You have to be strong. You can't show your feelings. Nothing can affect you. Nobody can hurt you. And maybe those things benefit you. And I know that when we talked earlier, you're like, I pride myself on being the tough guy. Like you like being tough and that's great, but it also doesn't leave room for, yeah, actually those comments that people have saying about me and this label they've given me of big guy, I don't like it. But then you feeling like you don't have permission to set those boundaries because of what people's expectations are of you. And I almost feel like women, because for better or for worse, our society and our culture sees us as being more sensitive, whether or not that's always the case or not. I guess we have, I don't know, maybe people will, might disagree with me on this, but maybe we have more, um, it's more acceptable for us to speak up and say like, that's actually not okay. You're not allowed to say those things about me. Like we are allowed to have those feelings and share those feelings. Whereas men, you probably get a lot of the similar comments or, or, or you know, comments about your weight, but you don't feel like you have the freedom to express that it bothers you. You just have to swallow it. Yeah, definitely. Like we, I definitely feel like most of the things that come my way, I just need to, and I have, I've conditioned myself to just brush them off. And look, it's not a bad thing. Like, I don't think it's a completely bad thing. Like resilience is a good trait, right? Resilience mm -hmm. will get you places. And learning that resilience by any means, right? Learning resilience because you brush off people calling you big guy all your life will teach you how to be resilient in other places that are valuable. Okay, you know, I work in, uh, I came up in sales all my life, right? I came up in the days of like cold calling before it was all like internet lead gen, right? And you dial a thousand people and 999 of them are going to hang the phone up on you. And half of them are going to say something really mean in the process yeah. of doing it, right? Like it's trailing away. You can hear like the stream of curses as they slam the phone. Um, <laughs> if I weren't resilient, I wouldn't be able to do that, right? Yeah. Um, and I didn't learn that because I grew up cold calling. I learned that because right. I was resilient in other places. So it's it's not completely sure. negative, but you definitely, um, I definitely, in my experience, it was a very like, maybe I don't need to be the tough guy. I want to be tough, right? But I definitely felt like it was a, a whole other characteristic and trait that I had to take on and now protect, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's tough, silent, stoic Alex who's unbothered by comments. Right, right. But we're all human, right? Like we all have those feelings and sensitivities. It's interesting, you know. I've talked to my husband a little bit about this too, and um, it is. It's, it's it's just it's a different dynamic. It still affects men. It just affects them maybe in a different way. And I know that it's totally different for every individual. You know, somebody else's experience might be totally different than yours. But I want to also talk about body comments in general, like when, if ever, is it okay to comment on someone's body? And I want to ask you this, not only in the context of like growing up and having people make comments about your body, labeling you as big guy, but also now you're on this physical health journey, right? So you're talking about what you're doing, your body's changing, you're losing weight. And so people are making comments that way. Is it okay for them to make comments about you and losing weight? Is it sometimes not okay? Like there's so many different directions we can go with this, but I just love yeah. to hear your perspective on body comments. Yeah. 
I'm torn, honestly. I'm torn. Yeah. I think that, so I'll tell you what gets to me. I don't like, in general, like body comments don't really get to me. I do, I think I, what we were talking earlier, I said this to you, like, I think it's really funny that, you know, right now I'm at 260 pounds, right? I came down from like 390-ish, right? 385, 390. And Everyone loves me on the way down at 260. Oh my God, this is so great. This is so wonderful, right? Oh, you look so good, right? But, you know, on the way up when I hit 260, it was like, oh, wow. Oh, this is bad. Oh, you better do something. Ooh, right? Like, let's just, right? So I think like, like things like that are kind of funny to me and you notice them and like, you, you know, you kind of internalize them. I kind of internalize them a little way. Um, I don't think body comments in general are a bad thing. I think when, and what affects me is when it's solely body comments or when it's a body comment that, you know, like it has that subtle like neg in it, right? It's like kind yeah. of like the, the backhanded compliment. So I'll give you a couple of examples. I, I bumped into a friend not long ago and she, she, we had like a 10 or 15 minute conversation. She hadn't seen me in a while, right? And in this conversation, there was a five minute stretch where I think she said, oh my God, you look so good eight times in a row. And it was noticeable enough that I, I ended up counting it. Just, you know, took like a mental note. And I don't think that she was trying to be negative. No, she was trying to compliment, right? Mm -hmm. But it kind of left me with this, well, does the only thing that you value about me, how I look, right? Yeah. Like is, is yeah. that the, the prevailing value? I think those are kind of tricky, right? Like, cause we can talk about like, um, like people's intention. And I think you kind of have to read that. And a certain part of that is that resilience and brushing it off, right? There, people are going to say mm -hmm. things and body comments are some of those, right? So I think about that and I think about, okay, well, why does that bother me? Does it like, am I being objectified? I don't think that I, I'm being objectified or just being told that my looks are the only thing that matters. But I do feel this kind of like fall back to when I had this issue with my like, you know, self-esteem, when I was self-conscious about these things. And it's like regressing to that person. And now that person, that, that old Alex is jumping up and fighting back, right? And saying, no, but that's not where I am now, right? So like, I think like trying to think about like the intention, it's not great, but you know, it's it comes down to like, you can't control what people say. You can control how you feel, right? And I think 100%. that that's a real process, mm -hmm. right? There's another part. There's the kind of, you know, the, the backhanded compliment or maybe not even so backhanded. So one that really got me was a family member was telling me, oh my God, this is so great. This is so wonderful. Oh, I'm so happy for you. You have determination now. And I had to walk out of the room not to say something that I shouldn't say to a family member or maybe anything. And why did, right? why did that, why did that hit a trigger for you? Because I'm the same guy I was last year, right? I don't have mm -hmm. determination now. If anything, I had more determination when I was sitting at 400, it was an insurmountable goal, right? Now, like mm -hmm. things are moving. It's actually easier now. But like yeah. this idea that I was this guy who was dwindling without determinant. No, you didn't see that. You didn't appreciate what I was bringing to the table. It's not that I didn't have determination. It's that maybe my focus was in other places. Maybe there was other things going on, right? So I think like those things. But again, if, I to, if I'm to break down my reaction to that, listen to what I just said. No, me last year, I had this and this and this going on. And you didn't like me because of my size, right? Mm -hmm. That's not a current version of me answering. That is mm -hmm. me regressing to poor old me. I got this. Oh my God, what am I going to do? This is so horrible. Nobody likes me. And fighting back and saying, oh, now you like me? No, like, thank you. Wasn't the best way to word that. Sure. Wish you said something else. Mm -hmm. There's other things you can talk about, but you know, thank you. I appreciate it. Right. And you kind of, you just kind of have to address it, feel it. You know, if something's completely inappropriate, 
talk about it, bring it up. But I think it's also like part of that is it's hitting a trigger that was planted way back. And you have to like when we you said it yourself, it's a lot of mindset, right? It's a lot of mental toughness. And that's part of the journey. That's the biggest part of the journey, right? So let's tap into that and say, okay, what does this actually mean? And why is it actually bothering me? And what am I going to do about it? Do I have to feel that way? And the answer is no, you don't have to feel negative. So so good, Alex. I did a whole podcast episode all about other people's opinions and you are, you're hitting the nail on the head here. And I think, I do think that it's important to bring some awareness to the conversations that we have around body and I'm guilty of it. I'm sure you're guilty of it too. I've totally made comments to people about their physical appearance that in hindsight, I'm like, oh, maybe that wasn't the best way to celebrate someone or for the right reasons. And I, so I think it's important to kind of bring some awareness to that as people who receive these comments and also as people who might give them in the future. But what I love about what you're saying is you're giving yourself some agency in this, right? Like at the end of the day, other people's comments and opinions of us are completely out of our control, right? We can't determine what they say or yeah. do, but we get to choose. How are we going to think about that comment? How are we going to choose to let it impact us? Because it, other people's comments aren't what make us feel good or bad. It's our thoughts about those comments that ultimately create those feelings. And so I think really having that self-awareness and that self-reflection of, ooh, like that didn't feel good, that comment they made. What? Why did that not make me feel good? What is it bringing up for me? Was it well-intentioned? Was it inappropriate? Do I need to, to talk about it with them? Um, or like, how can I use this as a signal for where I have my own self-love and mindset work to do? I think that that's super, super powerful to kind of put us back in the driver's seat instead of letting other people's opinions be what dictates our mood and how we think about ourselves. The other thing I wanted to to, to mention is, you know, you know, you talking about this comment that family member made about the determination. I think the hard thing about being someone that exists in a larger body and being someone who struggles with weight is we all have struggles in our lives, Right. It just so happens that weight is one that we wear on the outside, you know? Yeah. And so I think some people make judgments about us and how we're doing in life based on what we look like, right? And so it kind of sounds like that comment was almost like, okay, you're dismissing everything else that I have determination for in my life, like the way I'm kicking ass at my work and, you know, in all yeah. these other aspects because you are seeing this one area that maybe I'm struggling with or I'm not focusing on right now in this season. And I think that that's, that's something that's difficult about those of us that struggle with our weight and our relationship with food is it's this, this thing that other people can witness and make quick assumptions yeah. about. Yeah. You know, it's um, a good chunk of my life. It was fat, lazy, stupid, right? That's the, that's the impression, right? Mm. And um, Tell me more what you mean by that. So as an overweight guy or as an overweight person, we all deal with it, um, or someone who's overweight, you are judged by the thing that defines you least as a person. Yeah. Right? Like if you think about it, like size is one of the most irrelevant ways to judge someone. You are never the same size in life. You were, you were born less than a foot tall and, and eight pounds, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're, it's just, it's just a, ever-changing thing, right? But if you right. don't fit this mold or you look a certain way or, you know, you're, you're past the mark, and it's not even a health concern. It's a look concern, right? Like it's, 100%. Then, it's um, then, you know, then you're judged a certain way. And as someone who's overweight, like you're judged, if you're fat, then you also like, you must not care about yourself. You must be lazy. You must be dumb. And this has affected me in many ways. This is affecting a lot of places. I have not gotten jobs because of it. I've been at a table signing a contract and had to bring in someone to sign the contract for me because the signer did not want to deal with the fat kid. Um, I've lost oh friends gosh. over it. I have lost relationships over it. And it's funny because the way, and I, I, I realize I'm totally trailing from the question here, but one of the ways like I've dealt with that and one of the ways that like I, I've kind of overcompensated with that, like you said, oh, yeah, you're not looking at like the fact like I'm kicking ass at work. That's mm -hmm. where I would put all my energy. Okay, I look a certain way and this is some, well, somewhere I'm failing. So when I would take heat on those things, right, when I would take heat on my weight or feel like I was less than and being judged, I would double down at work and because that was somewhere I could compete. So I would go make sure that I was the number one sales guy that week, that month, that year, 
right? I would make sure that I was just killing it there. And then that's what I would tell myself to, to compensate for like any hard feelings. Oh, you feel bad about yourself? You feel self-conscious? So-and-so judged you? All right, so-and-so, I drive a really fast car. That's, that's, or I dress this way, or I eat at this restaurant. That's the level I'm at. So I'm really kicking ass. I'm not just this guy that you're judging, right? So like, it's, it is like, I feel like I was trailing back and totally lost it. But uh, it, it is you're like good. this thing of like, where you, um, it's like where you put it, put the effort in and then how you choose to like show yourself. You know, if I'm getting judged here, then I'm going to overcompensate in all these other areas. And then I'm going to like advertise my shine there, right? And this is where, so I'm, I'm not Alex who's fat, lazy, and stupid. I'm Alex who's the, you know, the number one employee at so-and-so company and goes to the coolest restaurants and bars and drives this car and wears this brand, uh, you know, shirt or tie as long as I can still fit into it, right? Like that's who I am. It's, it's so interesting how we compensate in that way, why we feel this need to compensate in this way, right? Because we're like, the world is judging me on this. So I have to overcompensate and make up for the fact that I look this way in all these other areas. A little similarly, but a little different. For me growing up, you know, I've had people, multiple people ask me, they're like, Kai, have you always been this positive and outgoing as you are now? And the answer is yes. However, the intention behind it, I think, is different now. Growing up for me, I had all of the, like I struggled with a lot of like deep, um, silent self-shame and judgment that a lot of people didn't know I struggled with that knew me because I was always this fun-loving, outgoing person. But yeah. one of the reasons that I was that person was because, and, and this sounds so sad and I just like want to hug my younger self so badly, <laughs> but you know, I would walk into a room like thinking high school, like I would walk into a room and I'd look around and I'd be like, I'm the fattest, ugliest person here. So I'm going to be the funniest, nicest person in the yeah. room. And I felt like I had to overcompensate for how I felt I looked by being just so funny and kind and relatable. And, you know, in a way, yeah, that served me well. You know, I was, I was well liked by everyone except myself because I felt this need yeah. to compensate for my, my deep seated self shame that I had about my body. Um, Oh, this has been such a good conversation. I want to circle around and talk about mindset, but first we're going to quit, take a quick break and we'll be right back chatting with Alex. I truly believe that if you change your habits, you can change your life. Our life is the result of the habits that we practice daily. Improving your life isn't about making some scary, drastic change overnight, It's about meeting yourself where you're at and making small changes over time that you can actually stick with, but you've got to start small to stay consistent, which is why I put together a free healthy habits checklist to help you do just that. Download my free PDF to set your intentions for what small healthy habits you are going to start practicing today. There's a place for you to check them off the list and celebrate every single baby step along the way. You can download yours for free at coachkayacommunity.com forward slash healthy dash habits, or you can click the link below. Again, that's coachkayacommunity.com forward slash healthy dash habits, or click the link in the show notes to download yours today for free. Start changing your life, friend, one healthy habit at a time. Okay, Alex, you are on this incredible health journey. You said earlier in your in your bio, you said, you know, you are finding this version of yourself that you love and for a long time you thought was lost. Now, we've talked about this a little bit before, but when I describe my own health journey, I think a lot of people assume like, oh my gosh, you have like your story is a weight loss story. It's a physical health journey story. And yes, that was a part of my story. But in my personal experience, I would almost describe my journey as more of a mental and emotional health journey in which weight loss happened to be a byproduct of it. And I'm curious in your experience, in your journey, what impact has mindset and like emotional health played for you? Yeah, it's the biggest change and it's the biggest continual change. And so I, you know, I I joke around, like people ask me, how did, how'd you do it? Like, how'd you lose the weight? 
And I've actually started to asking them, like, which answer do you want? Do you, do you want me to just tell mm-hmm. you like diet and exercise and send you on the way and hope you do it? Or do you like actually want like the story, right? Because it's a totally different thing and it's not just diet and exercise. Yes, please check your diet, please exercise. They're gonna help. But the mindset was the biggest thing. So for me, um, the like light bulb moment, I guess, it wasn't really that bright of a moment, but where the decision came was August of 2019. I was, like I said, I was in relationship with, uh, with, with someone for five and a half or so years. I had a job about the same amount of time um, at, at one place, loved both. And the, the girl I was in a relationship with was, was struggling with mental health issues and they went unchecked. And she, she wasn't in a position where she was ready to do anything about them. And since they went unchecked, they ended up becoming, you know, like substance abuse issues. And then she leaves one day, right? And she later told me it was, you know, I'm I'm saving you from me. And along that same time, you know, right at the height of COVID, so maybe it was August, 2020, I forget the years. So we're right in, you know, right in like the spike of of COVID and my job laid off, you know, like 75% of their staff and I'm sitting here. And all these things I thought were my future are, are just gone like that overnight within a week or so. And I had this thing where it was like, okay, I want to be mad. And yeah, I was mad. And I, I was like, you know, there, there, there was this thing in me that was like, hey, this sucks. But then there was this other voice that was like, okay, what can you control? What can you do? And what have you learned from this? Well, I don't know necessarily what you learn from a pandemic and getting laid off. But watching somebody completely unravel had an effect on me. And I thought about that and I said, I can't be mad at this person. What I can do is look at myself and look at all the times where I should have done something for my health and didn't. And not only didn't, but opted to do the opposite, right? I should have went to the gym, but I was like, nope, I'm going to go have a donut. It's easier. And I'm going to focus on that. And before I look outside and try and judge the outside world or people out there, even those who I love, I need to look at myself and see what I can control and what I can fix about myself. And if you're going to do that, then you need to take control of your life and you need to be actively participating in your life, right? Like that is the ticket of admission for the air we breathe. And that kind of started everything for me. And so with that, the mindset didn't come overnight. It kind of formed, right? And as things would happen, it would just, it was a muscle that was getting tested and getting stronger and stronger yeah. and stronger. So, you know, I, I started going out and, and working out one day a week, two days a week um, with a trainer. I would see some results. I'd get a little bit more energy. I, I realized I'm not going to make great food decisions and went and signed up for like a meal plan. And I start to see these results. I started to have a little bit more energy, a little bit more clarity. You know, I started a new job um, without all of those, without of the, the distractions of everything old there and this new energy and a little bit of progress, you know, these little kind of like pennies going to the piggy bank of success. Yeah. Um, I started to do better at work. And as I would do better at work, I'd say, okay, this feels good. That feels good. Let me go refocus on health. Let me add another day to with the trainer, right? Let me see what else I can do. And then that would pay off and I'd get more energy. I'd go do better at work and they'd be like, oh, you're doing so great. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Let me go back to the side. And I'd start this cycle. Like one good thing would become another good thing. And that would start this cycle of every time something good happened, I go, oh my God, I'm so happy. This is the best I've ever felt. How do I become happier? And in doing that and in starting to think that way and starting to think about everything that I had in life and everything that was going right versus everything that was going wrong or that I didn't have, you start to see the 90% of the way you're there versus the 10% you have to go. And it just got me to this place where I was constantly motivated to do better just for me, just to, you know, the the only race is with yourself. And, you know, I I got to a place where I was really happy. Things were really good. And, you know, you're tested along the way, you know, so for, for example, I met another girl and we started dating and it, it didn't work out. And in that final conversation, she had said a couple of things that, you know, 
the only way I could take him is she had concerns about, you know, my, my weight or my long-term health. And so when, you know, when we broke up, um, I remember the conversation we had where one day she wanted to go hiking and I was totally afraid of going hiking. And now at this point, I'd lost 50, 60 pounds. I was feeling great. I was doing better. You know, I, you can't hear yourself. You breathe on like the, you know, on videos you send people like, you, yeah. you know, like that kind of thing. Right. But I was so afraid of going hiking. And I, I was like, no, I just don't want to go do this. And I remember this conversation with her and it instantly came up that day in, in my head. Right. And I was so annoyed that I sold myself short. I was so annoyed that like this kept playing in my head. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go hiking. Like it, it ended. I was afraid she was going to judge me because I can't hike and I'm going to be sweating. I'm going to be heaving at the top of this hill. Right. At the end of the day, you know, like whatever, I guess I got judged anyway. And, and, you know, it's, it, whatever happened, happened. Right. And so I went hiking and I got to the top of this hill and it wasn't that big of a deal, you know, and I was sure I was excited. I was like, okay, it wasn't that big of a deal. But as soon as I noticed that, I was so angry at myself. I was so upset, more upset than I think I've ever been in my adult life. And I was like, why? Why did you sell yourself short? Why did this guy that you're becoming, this new Alex, this happy guy who's telling people he's the happiest he's ever been, this guy who's achieving new goals with his healthcare and his work and everything's working out for you, why did you approach this as 400 pound Alex who never left the house and never did hiking and limit yourself that way. And that was another mindset shift for me. I was like, all right, fine. I am never going to do something because I think I can't do it again. I'm never going to, to do something because when I looked at the mirror and saw the 400 pound guy, I was a guy who didn't do this. So I started going hiking every week with a friend of mine. Before work on Thursdays, we would take a morning hike. And then that became running. Alex doesn't run. 400-pound Alex doesn't like running. All right, I'm going to go run. All right, I'm going to go do a 5K. Don't like spinning. Great, I'm going to buy a spin bike. And that started to do this thing. It started to like build this um, kind of evolution and mindset where it was like, all right, everything that like is I'm just, progress is outside of your comfort zone. It's this realization that progress is outside of your comfort zone. And so I'm going to live completely out of my comfort zone. And I'm going to just focus on, on progress. I'm just going to focus on, on the steps. And then all of a sudden, the weight really starts coming off. And things really start, start working out. And what was really cool about that was all of a sudden, new goals start to pop in my head. Now it's not just about I have this health goal or weight. It's, oh, I have this career goal. And I'm going to go talk to my boss about how I can achieve it. And I have a personal finance goal. I'm going to sit down and look at how I can achieve that. I'm going to run through, you know, my bank statements and start looking at where I waste money, where I could be saving money and where I could invest it. I don't read a lot and I want to be a smart person and well-read, but I just don't like reading. Okay. Well, do you not like reading or have you just told yourself you don't like reading? And by the way, in the 20 years that you've been saying you don't like reading, they created Audible. So you can start listening to books, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so like it started to like parlay into all these other things. And all of those things started to build this image of, no, I'm Alex who can. Here's the five books I just, I just read. And I think you guys should read them. They're great. And I'll put it on like Instagram. And this is the lesson I got from this. And Here's like, oh, let's go to this, the harder hiking hill and let's run another 5K. I'm running another one this weekend. Amazing. And what else can I do? And it's, it's you know, um, it, it's great. You know, now I, 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 I even started looking at workout classes. You know, like I asked my friends, I'm like, what's the toughest workout class you've taken? I want the one that makes you cry. Let's go do it. <laughs> right? Um, oh my gosh. What I think is so cool, Alex, about you talking about this journey is number one, when you started talking about it, you're like, yeah, I started by working out once a week and I built from that and I built from that. And you even made the, the, the comparison of the coins. And I love that because the way, when I tell people about my health journey, I think a lot of people think, oh, you become confident after you lose weight. But in my opinion, I think you'll agree with me, Alex, 
you become more confident on day one, the first time you show up for yourself, the next time you show up for yourself. And I kind of think about like every time you show up for yourself, it's like depositing a coin into your self-confidence bank. It's like you telling yourself that I am worthy of the time and energy of the discomfort of growth. And that is what builds your self-confidence over time. It's not saying like, oh, yay, I got on the scale today and I weigh less. So that's what makes me confident. It's that, that regularly showing up for yourself that slowly builds. And I believe wholeheartedly that this journey, especially if we're going to do this in a way that lasts the long haul, is all about the baby steps. And that's what you've yeah. done. And what I think is even more important is that you have found ways to honor the baby steps in a way that you enjoy, right? You're not waiting to be happy and live your life until after you're, you've lost the weight. You're doing it now. And the beauty of this mindset work at its core is not only is this mindset work helping you in your health journey but it's overflowing into every aspect of your life in such a powerful, powerful way. And the coolest thing about this, about this health journey, and I think, I think you know, and it was the same thing for me. I feel like I didn't discover that it was happening until I was in the middle of it, but it is totally shifting an identity. And the truth is, is that, and I think you'll agree with me, Alex, I think a lot of us have these identities that we've created for ourselves, like these labels. And they might be labels that we put on ourselves. They might be labels that other people put on us, like big guy or um, not a reader or someone who doesn't like to move their body. Like, And we just have been believing these thoughts for so long that they feel true and factual. But we've never stopped to ask ourselves, do I even like that identity? Do I like yeah. being known as the big guy? Do I like that I don't read? Do I like thinking that I'm not someone that can run? No, that doesn't feel good. Okay, how can I challenge that identity? And the way that we challenge those identities and create this new version of ourselves is just by showing up and taking action, right? 100%. 100%. I, you know, I, I would tell you right now, I, I still, uh, I begrudgingly like it, but I still hate running. I still hate working out. Right. Mm-hmm. Every morning but, when I get up, I'm like, I am not working out today. I am not running. But as I'm doing that, as I'm like my mantra that I nope, I'm gonna go right back to bed. I'm gonna hit snooze. I'm getting out of the bed and I'm putting on my shoes and I'm putting on my running gear and I'm starting the, you know, the stopwatch, the run tracker, and I'm walking out the door and I'm taking those steps. And then before you know it, I'm running. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm running now. So I I might as well finish my run. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Um, Motivation comes after action, right? (laughs) It totally does. And I think so many of us are sitting here, and I don't know if you have people make comments to you about this, Alex, but I've had people tell me all the time, oh my gosh, I wish I had your motivation. Oh my gosh, I wish I had your willpower. And excuse my language, but motivation and willpower are bullshit. I think that all of us have the same amount of motivation and all of us have the same amount of willpower. And I think that we use it as an excuse for not showing up anyways, right? Most of us aren't motivated. I don't want to get out of my warm, comfy, cozy bed either, but it's choosing the discomfort of growth saying, okay, this is going to be temporarily uncomfortable. I don't want to do it right now. But once you get out the door and you're like starting your run, you're like, I feel better already. Like now I'm motivated to keep doing this because I showed up, right? And that's the thing. If you prioritize your comfort over your progress, then you will never be comfortable for the rest of your life. Ooh, wait, mic drop. Say that one more time. If you prioritize comfort over progress, you will never be comfortable for the rest of your life. And I wholeheartedly believe that that is bigger than the motivation and those baby steps are bigger than motivation. I have a friend who always tells me, pennies out of the dollars real quick. Mm, yeah. Those little steps, those little coins in the piggy bank, that's what's going to get you there. And I would even say motivation. Yeah, you're right. Bullshit. Goal orientation. Great. Wonderful thing to have. Also bullshit. If you never set a goal in your life, never, but we're obsessed with following the process to that goal. You would achieve that goal much faster than if you set the goal and never follow the process. You can say, let's take it out of weight. You can say, I want to be a millionaire one day. You don't become a millionaire by writing on your mirror in the bathroom. I'm going to become a millionaire one day. That's great. But that's not what becomes what makes you rich. What makes you rich is saying, okay, here's the, you know, here's the change that's going in the piggy bank. Those pennies become dollars. Penny at a time becomes a dollar. But once you hit that dollar, 
you're saving a dollar at a time. And now you're saving a hundred pennies at a time. And when that dollar becomes $10, you're saving a thousand pennies at a time. And it's those steps. It's putting the things aside. It's looking for the tools that are going to get you to that goal of becoming a millionaire and then following that process. Yeah. You got to become obsessed with the process. You have to learn to enjoy the process too, because the process is, yeah. is life, honestly, right? And my tagline for my business is finding joy in the journey, because yeah. this is a journey. It's a journey. And we have this arrival fallacy that we're going to be happy. Everything's going to be beautiful once we reach the goal. But research shows that people after reaching some of the biggest goals in their life, like Olympians, movie stars, are yeah. the most depressed after they reach the goal. Because we get so fixated on the goal and the goal isn't the magic. The, the magic is the process. If you can become obsessed yeah. with the process, that that is what's going to set you up for long-term success. And gosh, I love what you said too about the comfort. Because the truth is life is hard and it's uncomfortable, period. But we get to choose our hard. And for me, it was like, okay, living in a body that I am physically uncomfortable in, choosing to show up and be unhealthy is hard. It is hard to live like this in a career that I'm unfulfilled in. You know what else is hard? Changing my identity, learning how to embrace being someone who prioritizes her movement, yeah. changing those habits. Both of those existences are hard, but we get to choose our hard. Are we going to choose the discomfort of the status quo and staying stuck because it's familiar? Or are we going to choose the discomfort of growth? And like, man, you are such a beautiful example of choosing that hard, the growth hard. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. So cool. So cool. Y'all, I love my smartwatch. Not only does it help me get where I need to be on time, usually, but it also helps me be more mindful and aware of my physical activity, sleep quality, heart rate, and so much more. The hardest part though, having it match my outfits and feel as glamorous as I'd like to, but not anymore. Thanks to Sparkle Bands, I have a variety of adorable, chic, and upcycled quality leather watch bands perfect for every outfit. From my cowhide bands to the tooled leather Kaya's Confidence Band with turquoise gemstones that I designed alongside the team. Now my smartwatch feels just as fashionable as I do. This women-owned company is located just down the street from me in my hometown, and I can attest they take their quality and their customers to heart. Check out their variety of high fashion watch bands and more at sparklebands.com. That's S-P-A-R-K-L-B-A-N-D-S.com. And use code KAYA10 to receive 10% off at checkout. Happy shopping. Alex, I have loved our conversation and getting to chat with you and getting to know you. And I just love that I get to follow along with your journey as you keep going, right? This is a lifelong journey. It ends the day we die. And... I want to, I guess first, before we wrap things up, I want to ask you, you know, this podcast is called Climb and I call it Climb because it is everything in life. This journey is like a climbing a series of mountain ranges, right? There's going to be lots of ups, lots of downs. We're going to have lots of mountain peak goals that we're striving for. And I'm wondering in your life, what is the mountain that you feel like you're, you're currently climbing and what is your baby step forward on that climb look like today? Yeah, that's a hard one. I talk a lot about that, that picture in my head, right? That guy I see when I dream. And I used to think that that, that guy represented a completed product. When I would go to bed at night and I'd put my head on the pillow and I'd kind of think about what I want in life, I'd always had this motto of I want the complete life. But I think really that was, that was happiness that I was looking for, contentment. And I think that that is my journey. And so when I look at it, you know, maybe um, to illustrate it, sure, I want the two versions of me, me here and me in my head to match up a bit closer. This guy who has, has lost more of the weight, this guy who's, you know, like in the job he likes and, you know, has, has you know, built the family and the things that he, he wants. But I think really what that represents is a level of happiness and contentness and self-love. And so that is, that is the journey, is to be able to get to a place where the guy in my head is a guy who, who accepts himself and is enjoying the fruits of that acceptance. And the steps oh, that's are getting up in the morning and 
looking at myself in the mirror and saying, you know, whatever it is, whether it's the running, whether it's the meeting at work, whether it's how I deal with, you know, family situations and that kind of stuff, you know, um, and the people around me, knowing that I can sign off on my day. That's the step I take. At the end of my day, when I go to bed, I want to be able to look at myself and say, you know what, I can sign off on this day. I can approve this day. It was a good day and I did what I needed to do and I showed up. And I think that if I continue to do that, then with each day that I do that, I get closer to being this, the, the guy I see in my dreams. And, and that image actually disappears more and more. It gets foggier, like in Back to the Future where you know the, he disappears in that Polaroid, yeah. right? Like it, it, yeah. it's no longer this image of like, this is where I'm going. It's not, ah, this is where I am. Like I'm doing mm. this. And, and that's kind of how I think about my life. Oh, I love that. And I feel, I feel that deep in my bones, Alex, because I similarly, when I first started my health journey, I had that picture and I had a number. I was like, if I could get on a scale and have it say this number, then I will know I've succeeded. And the more I got into my journey, I realized, wait a second, I don't care about a number. What I want is what I think the number will give me, which is that feeling of happiness, contentment, and self-love. And then I realized, wait a second, Kaya, you can start creating those feelings right now in the body that you're in so that you can start enjoying those fruits of the journey right now. You don't have to wait until once. And it is so cool to see that you're doing that. And I got to believe that the reason that vision becomes blurrier is because you are becoming that person already right now. I mean, just talking to you, it's been it's so cool to see the way that you're showing up for yourself in real time. And it is, you know, what I think is so cool is I think when we approach this health journey too, from that place of like self-respect and acceptance and um, really focusing on the mindset too, I mean, there's this glow about you, you know, like, and you've said people, people see it. You even said it like, I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. And sure, it feels good to, to have more energy physically in your body, but I know that a big piece of that is because of the the internal work that you're doing. And gosh, that is so stinking powerful. So Alex, to wrap us up, you have started, and I know this is new to you, um, but you've started sharing more on social media about your journey too, right? Yeah. And um, for people that maybe want to follow along and see what, you know, what your climb looks like and what those baby steps are that you're doing each and every day, where can people find you, connect with you, and be a part of that journey? Yeah. So I post most frequently on Instagram and it's under mm -hmm. the name Fat Kid Beautiful. I got to um, ask you why that name? Where did that name come from? It's a bit of a personal brand. I don't, I'm not one of those people who thinks fat is a bad word inherently. I don't think any word is really a bad word inherently. Hey, I grew up a fat kid. That was me. And that was my identity. But the other part of my identity is that I'm beautiful and life is beautiful and I deserve to feel that way. And so that. that's cool. I'm the fat kid, but I'm also the beautiful fat kid. I'm also the person who, who is who's shining and blowing up and living his best life, you know? Yeah. I love that you're like, you're reclaiming it. You're like, yeah, I, I'm, I could be the fat kid and beautiful, but I'm just going to give you my version of what that word means. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. I love that. Yeah. So I post on Instagram there. Um, there's mm -hmm. a Facebook page also that the Instagram feeds, and I, I try to do it on Twitter also via via Fat Kid Beautiful, but mostly on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool, my cool. social Instagram is my favorite too. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, y'all go follow Alex um, to just be a part of his journey, and you know, just to bring us back to um, where we kind of started on the podcast. You and I, Alex, we are normal people, right? And I think that there is so much power in that. It's not because we had any special powers, any special willpower, any special motivation, any special access to resources or experts or gurus to do this. I think you and I and our journeys are just examples of what is possible when we really start to heal that relationship with ourselves from the inside out. So personally, I want to thank you for, for living your life and living your truth and being willing to share that openly with others because I know that the ripple effects of your story are going to go far beyond what you ever even realize. So um, just know that what you're doing is impactful, not just for you and your life and your relationships, but I know that it's touching the lives of others too. So thank you for being here and sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that's 
so, so exciting. I mean, that's the goal in sharing the story. Um, so I really, um, thank you for that. I, I really appreciate it. And thank you for the opportunity to, uh, to, to, to connect. Of course. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in and we will catch you next week. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.